Welcome back to Stationery and Sassy, a Fast and Furious quarantine podcast. I'm your host, Penelope Fippen. And I'm your other host, Jamie Hampton. How's it going, Jamie? It's going pretty well. How's it going with you? I'm doing great, honestly. I feel amazing. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So we watched episodes seven and eight of Fast and Furious Spy Races Sahara, and I will ask you, as I always do, what your top line takeaway was from these two episodes. I feel like the thing that's very important is Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> we we as as we have sort of talked about on this podcast, we have always wanted like a pure, unadulterated Cisco is a badass moment, and we finally, finally get it, right? Yeah, we've, like, said, like, oh, well, Cisco did this, and, like, that was really useful, and we've been, like, trying to, like, find it, and we found some some good moments, but, like, at the beginning yeah. of episode eight, which is the last episode in season three, it, like, just starts with him fucking rolling in with, like, the whole squad and all this shit to, like, totally save the day for everyone. And I was just, like, in my house, like, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is very, very good. Yes, that, that scene, I was like, oh, my God, we finally have Cisco as a badass. I have uh, just written in my notes in all caps, Cisco's back, uh, and I actually, I actually wrote that down before they he said it, <laughs> and, and then he said it, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> so, the the scene where he was like getting all of the people together from the rest of the season, yeah, to like come help him, like when he was giving the speech to them about like. I feel like this place is a part of me and it's because of all of you. I was like going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's this, this show really this season lent into emotional connection. I think a lot mm-hmm. more than any of the previous seasons did. And I really do appreciate that. It's like teaching kids, which I assume are the primary audience of this cartoon, like about relationships and stuff. For sure. And I think it's funny because like back in, like late season one I th- or maybe early season two, I want to say, we had a discussion where you were like, I don't know, I feel like it's getting preachy. I'm worried about it. And I was like, I'm not worried about it. I think it's great. <laughs> but like some shows do turn preachy. So it wasn't like a totally misplaced thing to worry about. But like they're doing such right. a good job with like teaching things without it being like, oh, I'm being taught about this. Yeah, yeah. It's very like showing, not telling, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which I I strongly strongly appreciate so i want to read you the very first note i have in my notes document because i think okay. it will accurately reflect our attitude i'm so glad there are more seasons of this is the, enti- <laughs> is the entire note and in fact uh it was funny when i logged into netflix this morning the big top banner was the new season which south is spy Races south pacific yeah 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 so uh, we will look forward to that one after. Do we have Mexico is next, and then South Mexico, Pacific? Mexico is next, and then South Pacific, and probably there will be another. There will be another. Yeah, season probably before this. we even get to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have lots of lots of different notes about this. I don't know if you want to do a plot summary or if you would like to get into anything specific. Can, can I do one more top line takeaway? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because I believe last episode we had a bet going. 
uh-huh. about who was going to get in the mech. And uh-huh. I think that I won that bet. And uh-huh. Cle- it's a Cleve Kelso mech for Cleve Kelso to do to do fighting. Uh-huh. And I was pretty excited. <laughs> It, I, you know, it's, it's really funny. Uh, when they were fighting the mech and then they were like, there's a button on the back. Uh, you push it and it turns the mech off. I was like, oh my God, why would they do a thermal exhaust port? (laughs) I literally, I have in my notes, why would they do a thermal exhaust port? And then, and then Tony gets onto the back after like struggling a bunch of time, right? Like Layla trips the mech, Tony gets onto it pushes the button and then it activates like a disco light show. And I, I just love that the writers like subverted <laughs> the expectation there. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. And then Cleve is like, Oh, thanks for turning on my, my disco. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he knew too. It was very yeah. good. I just, I just, the writers of this show are so good <laughs> and they are having so much fun. Like for me, like, there is a version of this cartoon which is just really trite, right? Mm-hmm. And like, but this, but it isn't. We on we don't live in the world where we have that version. This cartoon is <laughs> funny. It is smart. The relationships are real. Like, it is well written. The danger and the action is real. Like, it's it's this cartoon. I know we say this a lot, but like, the the Fast and Furious spinoff cartoon is so much better than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. Totally. And like even when I actually thought so we watched seven episode seven and eight, which is the end of yeah. the season. Yeah. I thought episode seven was kind of weak. Like I was a little bit bored at the end of uh-huh. episode seven. There's a lot of just fighting. Yeah. And like it wasn't bad. Like I wasn't like mad about it, but I was kind of like, I don't know, like whatever. And it almost seemed like it was gonna end. And I was a little yeah. bit like, what is episode eight about then? <laughs> yeah. And then it super didn't end. And like nothing they did in episode seven mattered at all because like it just kept going. <laughs> and then episode eight was like excellent. And it like it was action packed. There was so much happening. It was escalating very quickly in a very fast and furious-esque manner. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I loved that. I I want to talk to you about the end of episode eight. Okay. Uh, and and the friggin' laser fire tornado electricity maybe storm. we should maybe this is time to do a plot summary why don't you do a quick plot summary why don't we'll you in, do a in. quick plot summary because i watched the episodes three days ago and you watched them 10 minutes ago. Uh, okay um <laughs> fine uh i hate this i'll help you so we we like enter in uh, after cisco just having sacrificed himself on the glider to save the crew them flying towards cleve kelso's base and then like Raffaella sends them a like friggin' music video communication, which we need to talk about in more detail, but uh, (laughs) we'll get to it. Cisco is like trapped in the desert. Having like a weird fever dream. Yeah. With Donut (laughs) the God Monkey, um, which I also want to talk about. And then Raffaella and Matsuo like haha we have no Aaron Gary we'll use this to trap the spy kids uh and of course they work it out and like ditch their gliders but we don't know that until later it's like everything blows up and it looks like they blew up but nobody blew up everyone was fine yeah and then like we go into the base and then like a lot of action happens. There's an extremely extended fight scene with the mech. Well, Frosty yeah. and what is that other uh, tech person's is name? Is it Siri? 
Siri, I think that's right. Frosty and Siri are like trying to stop the weather rockets while everybody yeah. else has like a extended fight scene outside. Yeah, and they have a hacking conversation, which I also want to talk oh, about. Yeah, I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> and then we get to that scene I mentioned with the tripping of the mech and the pushing of the exhaust port, and then like basically like the episode ends with a bunch of bad guys rushing in and like overpowering the crew. That takes us into episode eight. Where Cisco comes back in all his yeah, glory. Yeah. Where Cleave is kind of monologuing at the opening and then Cisco appears. We get a smash cut back to the Bedouins rescuing Cisco and then Cisco calling everyone. Uh, I have a note here which says Sandical sucks so much because they get Sandical and uh, his friends to come help them. But gosh, that guy is just a terrible villain. He's not a villain anymore. Well, or friend, right? Either way around. <laughs> a bunch of fighting happens, and then Tony hops on a motorbike and is like, I'm going to stop the final rocket. And then he, he, of course, can't ride a motorbike properly and so totally beefs it, but gets on the rocket. They detach Matsuo's arm, and Matsuo t- turns good and, like, takes out Rafaela. Nowhere does badass nowhere things. And then, like, Tony disarms the rocket and goes into a free fall, and they're all like, oh my god, no, Tony's gonna die! And then the the drones from Ziri save him. Then at the end of the episode, there's a big fire tornado that has, like, a, a magical MacGuffin inside it that they have to blow up, that Rafaela is controlling. And then Tony makes a jump into the tornado to kill it and disarm it. Uh, and then at the end, they kind of talk about family and spy training, and the episode ends. Yeah. Did, did I do a good job? Yeah, I think you did a really good job. Okay, I want to talk about the fire tornado. Okay. This is the most dangerous thing we've seen in any Fast and Furious media at all, period, the end. Really? Include it, including all of the mainline movies. You, why, why do you think that? I mean, are you kidding me? It's a fucking fire tornado. I guess. It just seems <laughs> like everything is... Cra- they went to space. Like, everything is crazy. Yeah, but it's so powerful. I Like, I don't think... Even the, like, nuclear missile sub from 8 is more really? powerful than this. I don't think... Yeah, no, because, like, imagine that thing appeared in da- in downtown LA, right? Unlike unlike a, like a, a nuke, like, you can't shoot it down or whatever, right? That's true. Like, I think, I think the writers were like, we want to do something crazier than anything that has happened in <laughs> a Fast and Furious movie. And that, like, more specifically, because we are animated, we can do things they could never do in one that's, of those movies. Yeah, that's right? true. That's a good and so, point. Like, and so, like, it's just, I mean, it's an incredible piece of CGI. It looks, it looks amazing. It's extremely mm-hmm. destructive. And then, of course, of course, the the way that it is disarmed is with the nose jump into the eye of the tornado off a of sand dune. Because you know we couldn't have a Fast and Furious season f- finish without some nose, right? Yeah, without like a big jump like that. I also have beans on Rafaela will come back in the next season, and potentially we will get to meet Rafaela's mom, who I think oh, will be an yes. e- even superer villain than she is. Yeah, I think that they're both going to come back. Like when when Tony and Cleve, the Cleve mech like crashed off the missile or the rocket or whatever, my husband was like, oh, do you think Cleve Kelso is dead? And I was like, no. Not, 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 <laughs> not a chance. Not, not a chance, right? And then they showed him like right at the end, so. Yeah, I just, I just love Rafaela as a character so much. 
there was a there was a moment in this where she called uh, Matsuo Beisuo, and I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god! And then and then they they go from that right into like her doing the music video and her calling Tony her stalker, and I was just like, this chick is crazy. I appreciate her so much. I also had a lot of thoughts about Rafaela in these episodes, uh-huh. and. I thought they did a really interesting piece of like writing foreshadowing uh-huh. because when she's taking Noah and Gary to like go be the bait for this trap that they were laying, uh-huh. Nowhere is trying to do this like mind game thing to her where she's like, Cleve Kelso doesn't care about you. Why are you listening to what he tells you to do? Like, he's just going to betray you and throw you away. And like Rafaela pretends like it's working. She's like, oh, why am I doing what he wants? Get psych. Like, <laughs> you're so stupid. Yeah. You thought I was going to fall for that. And then like, and then later, Cleve Kelso does all those things. He's like, a t- he totally betrays her, throws her away. Exactly right, all right, of the right. things that Noah said. And even then, in no way does this make her turn sides. Like now she's <laughs> just mad at everyone. And she's like madder at like, becomes crazier because like she's just got nobody on any side and she's just like lashing out in this crazy violent way and so I thought it was like a really interesting piece of foreshadowing to be like yeah I mean this plan that Noah had to like trick her would never have worked because even (laughs) if there's nothing that's gonna turn her into like a good guy and we talked about that last um, episode about like some bad guys can like be reformed and others can't and like clearly Raphael just like can't ever (laughs) yeah I think we could see a plot line in the next season where it's like Rafaela versus Cleve and the crew have to like get in between them to stop them from causing massive collateral damage. Oh, I, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I have beans on that. I love how in episode seven, Frosty starts on this like commentary about how movie hacking is ridiculous (laughs) he's like you can't just expect me to like you know hack these rockets and like cause them to blow up that's not how things work what am i gonna do like cause them to crash into each other or something and he's like oh wait that would totally work uh and then and then him and him and ziri are like oh snap you ddos (laughs) And, and, and i i was just like you know the writers they got so close to how an actual programmer would say it because obviously we would never say ddos we would say ddos mm-hmm. right um and i was like oh this is so close to like terminology that a person would actually use but not quite there that shows that like you did some research but you didn't quite do enough research and i i, I just love <laughs> that they like call out that movie hacking is ridiculous then go straight back into movie hacking yeah yeah for sure and like like I also thought the DDoS thing was extremely funny and it was partially because of what you just said, but it was also partially because like, you know, a distributed denial of service attack, that's like a real thing that people know what that means. Yeah. But also not really what you would do to crash a rocket in the air. So. <laughs> no, no, absolutely would not, would not do that. So they're like, right. oh, we've heard of this real thing. We'll just talk about that. It doesn't matter what it is. We just have to use this phrase <laughs> that people recognize. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> It made me think of um, when they made jokes about Anonymous in like eight or seven or whatever movie that was. That just like, oh my God, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. 
yeah, Cypher is so scary, even Anonymous <laughs> won't fuck with her. <laughs> I can't, I'm not over it. <laughs> I love Nowhere so much. Nowhere, Nowhere's purse is used throughout these two episodes as a really great weapon. And then at one point, she's like, uh, I was saving this for an ex, but I guess I'll use it on you. I guess I'll have to waste it on you, is what she (laughs) said. (laughs) And then it doesn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, One thing I thought was really interesting about all the extended fight scenes is that, like, mm -hmm. The kids are all badass. Like at this point, yeah. they're all super good at what they do. Like really competent. Like it's yeah. pretty much mostly not the joke that they are like incompetent at this point. Right. But right. Even then, when they like switch over to showing like like nowhere and Gary are doing, nowhere and Gary are so much better at everything still. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you see yeah. the kids kind of like struggle to like fight some people and like they do it and you're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, they did it. And then you go over and like Nowhere and Gary are just like knocking over huge swaths of people without like barely looking at it. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Well, I think like, I mean, I'm interested to see if like a spy school Nowhere organization dynamic comes back, right? Mm. Like, like. Because that was a pretty sort of like sound rejection of pieces of that at the end of episode eight, right? Mm-hmm. That like family is more important than the mission, right? And I'm just I'm just very curious to see how the the nowhere nobody organization interfaces with the the crew and the family in the next episode. Yeah, I agree. Another time that I really loved nowhere which i truly do was when they thought that tony was gonna die uh-huh. um which i think is actually interesting because <laughs> we also had a moment a few episodes ago where it looked le- like it legitimately kind of looked like echo was gonna die and so it's right, interesting right. that like how much higher stakes this season was than the past couple yeah yeah but they were doing this weird like tony's falling out of the sky and they had this weird thing where, like, they're doing this weird eulogy for him while he's still alive because they don't think there's any way that they can save him. And Nowhere is, like, crying and pretending like she's not crying. And she's like, of all the agents I've lost, you're in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just such a uh, nowhere thing to say. And then, she's, and then say. she's like, actually, top three. Top three. <laughs> There's a lot of funny dialogue in yeah. particularly episode eight, I thought. My favorite my favorite thing about this show is that like sometimes the dialogue is normally so good. And occasionally I feel like it's not. And I'll go like, mm-hmm. oh, that's like that wasn't like a great piece of dialogue. And but then it like comes back around because there was one what did Tony Tony said something really cringy after he blew up the tornado. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he like uh, he like did this badass move and then did this catchphrase that like was not cool. And I was kind of like, oh. okay, he says something like not cool, and then like I didn't think that much about it. It was but later then, Nater. <laughs> later Nater. And then everyone was like, What did you just say? Why did you say that? <laughs> and so I like 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 a lot of times this show does a thing where like I think something and then the characters say what I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had that moment a couple of times in these two episodes and I was like, 
Oh, I love, I love how much, because really, right, that is just a reflection of one of the principles we have with the show, that uh, the writers are just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And then I said, did anyone order a pizza? I love did anyone order a pizza race? <laughs> I love it. That that that's the best line in the show. That that's the best line that has ever happened I agree. in the show. But it made me think of it because it was the same thing where it was like, yeah, and it was embarrassing. I don't know. I don't know why I said yeah. that. <laughs> uh, when we've watched all of the seasons of this show, we should do a summary episode called uh, Did Anyone Order a Pizza Rave? That's a great idea. Except we're never going to have watched all the episodes of this show because we're never going to catch up. They're just going to keep putting it out. They they do produce this show at such Very a fucking quickly. clip. It, it's kind of impressive. Some of, the, some of the other Netflix cartoons come out frequently more frequently than i would expect but normally like like voltron is a show that i i used to really like um mm-hmm. i guess i still like it it's just been done for a while and the seasons for voltron came out super fast um mm-hmm. like quicker than six months but the reason was because like they the first season was like 12 episodes and then they cut it down and they were doing like five episode half seasons that would come out like every four months which was kind of nice for like not having to wait a year to like watch you know, the next episode of your show, but it wasn't full seasons and they would end on like cliffhangers. And that's not what's happening here. Like they are full eight episode seasons that are just coming out like bam, bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are machining out these seasons. It's very, very impressive. And the quality just keeps going up it, of like particularly yeah, it, the, I mean, we've talked about how much we like it, but like the animation quality is also still consistently going up. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, as I said, right, that fire tornado is incredibly well done. Cleve's mech was incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. Like, like they have built and animated like major complicated assets, right? In, in, in these episodes uh, at extremely high quality. And I just think that's really impressive. The thing I keep noticing is that like the way that the like quote unquote camera moves around. Yeah. is like super smooth and interesting the way that it like sets up shots and like moves from like people to other people within the same, like it's just really well done. (laughs) Another thing we've commented on is that they, they've been very good about making the camera feel physical, right? Mm -hmm. They've done, raindrops spattering on Mm -hmm. it they've done like they've uh, and i think that's a testament to the animation quality is that they are very muchly considering not just what's in the scene but the perspective and sort of like the quote-unquote cinematography as well yeah totally oh there you know what you wanted to said you wanted to come back to and then we didn't oh yeah this is fever dream yeah i Oh my god, Donut the God Monkey <laughs> was just like I loved I loved it so very much. <laughs> like Cisco went down for the team and then like they're having this discussion and it's like Cisco, what what did I teach you to do? And he's like eat a stick. It's like not that eat a bug. No, 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 not to do with eating. And I was like the power of my connection to animals. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, oh my God. 
And then the camel comes saves him and he calls out for falafel and falafel the camel comes saves him. I, I just I just thought that was really nice. Also, like the animation on Giant Donut again. Oh yeah, it was very good. It was just great, right? The thing I liked the most about that scene is like it was obviously Cisco's subconscious having like some sort of a fever dream. And like even within his own subconscious, <laughs> it's like yelling at him for getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've made a couple of predictions about what's going to happen in Mexico. Do you want to make any more predictions? I think my top line is Raphael is going to come back. I would be shocked if we didn't meet Raphael's mother in this season because they've been foreshadowing it for so long That's now. That's true. And I think Cleve will be back in some way. Yeah, I think that Cleve, they're pretty much setting up. Like, we were talking about how he's such a good, like, top villain. Yeah. And, like, I don't think they want to give that up. Yeah. I think I wonder what's going to happen if anything with Metsuo because like we had talked a lot about him in our, our previous episodes about like that dude's so evil like he and like in the back of my mind I did remember that it was like controlling right, him right. and he was normal before they put the arm on and I think that's like so kind of tragic in a lot of ways and yeah. like the way that they like took the arm the arm was malfunctioning and he was like getting glimpses of like himself was like pretty tragic to watch also and so like I'm kind of interested like I'd like to I wish we had time for this, but it's possible that we will, you know, later in the show, because I think a lot of these characters are going to come back. Like, I'd like to hear more from, like, non-evil regular person Matsuo, like, what he's like and, like, what it felt like, what he's gone through, like, being this person, you know? Yeah, I think he might join the crew. I think that would be really cool. I would be surprised if we get, like, a gory backstory. What do you mean? Like, I don't know that we will get, like, history of Matsuo Mori evil and Matsuo Mori good and, like, what the arm did to him and stuff. I don't, like, I just don't know if the show will take the time to go into that. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't think, I don't need a whole backstory, but, like, I think just a conversation about, like... Sure. I, I was this villain and, like, I was buried under this, like mind control and like that felt in these ways i think would be like an interesting conversation for him to have yeah for sure you know what i want to happen in the next season hmm. i want the holer oh yeah i love the holer the holer is is still my favorite character in this show the holler would not have done so good in desert but in mexico right. i'm sure it would be fine right 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 i mean the environs that we will Actually, that's, I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know what environs we'll visit in Mexico. Could be deserty, could be jungly. I think South be, Pacific whatever. is a really fun location to pick for the yeah, next yeah. season. So I'm excited yeah. about that. I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see what they mean by South Pacific. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Stationery and Sassy, a Fast and Furious quarantine podcast. From me, Penelope. And me, Jamie. Until next time, we'll be living our lives a quarter mile at a time.